0: Hi, and thanks for tuning in to my adventures at home brewing. I'm Dan Matthews, and come along with me as we talk about things for new home brewers, from gadgets to how we got started, to I don't know all the mistakes we make along the way. So come along for the ride and have a beer or two along the way. for that yeast that can help you attain the best beer possible that you're looking for escarpment laboratories escarpment laboratories are located in guelph ontario and make some of the finest yeasts in canada if you want to make the beer that you want and have consistent results all the time you need to check out escarpment laboratories Brew donkey tours are back we closed our doors for the health of our community, but now with new safety protocols, we're getting ready to open the barn doors. Starting July 24th, the donkey rides again. Every ticket includes ample samples, behind the scenes tours, and a healthy dose of learning. Support local breweries and tourism with a brewery tour by bus. Get your tickets before they sell out at brewdonkey.ca. Brewdonkey. Brew tours that kick ass. Hey folks! So, as promised, here is uh, a bonus episode for this week. Uh, as you probably have guessed or saw on my social media stuff, as I was putting out, is that uh, it was brew day this past weekend. So, I had a friend from high school that I hadn't seen in about thirty years come over, uh, Andy Wiggins, who lives out in Canada, and uh, he's been interested in getting back into the home brewing scene. So, I said, "Come on out and uh, let's uh, let's kick up a kick up a brew." so uh we wanted to do a uh, ipa so i decided that well why not go for a new england style ipa and uh yeah it was uh it was interesting shall we say uh there was a few hiccups along the way uh stuck uh stuck sparge uh water wasn't draining right uh killed timers yeah so it, you know missteps along the way, like kind of like I said, what would happen with me? I make mistakes. So and uh, yeah, so it was it was interesting. It was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned, enjoy the ride and having a beer or two along the way. And thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, this is Dan with uh, My Adventures in Homebrewing. And t- like if you've seen online today, I said I was going to be brewing. So today we're making a New England style IPA with my buddy Andy from high school. How's it going, Andy? Hey. Good, good. So we've known each other since back in the day, huh?
1: Yeah. Graduated in 91. So, yeah. Big high school, though. Yeah. Uh, between
0: 89 and 91. Yeah. that's That's... Can you, can you believe that? that's like almost 30 years ago?
1: I cannot believe it. Uh, but yeah, I guess time flies. But uh, yeah, I've been in Ottawa about 20 years. I have spent more time here now
0: than I was back home. But, All right. On. Yeah. So how long have you been into the craft beer scene and the homebrew scene?
1: Um, well, uh, actually I actually started university. I did Well, I started university and I stopped. Um, I used to, I made from kits, just uh, simple kits, the beer making kits. Yeah. It was cheap. You uh, can make your own beer. I had a pail in the basement. Uh was making the odd lager, the odd browns uh, at the time. This is like way back in between uh, 91 and 96, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, had some failures, but essentially I just needed some alcoholic beverages that uh, we could partake <laughs> yeah. uh, at a, on the cheap. So, um, yeah. so why not my, make beer? Why not make well, Exactly. All so right. why not? Cool. So... Uh,
0: so uh I put out on Facebook a while ago to a bunch of my friends before I even started the podcast, anyone who was interested in learning how to make beer the all green way the way I do it, uh, to come on by, and Andy took me up on the challenge, so uh, what do you think so far? I, I, it's a lot more work than I thought, I mean, I, uh, I've done a couple uh,
1: just from the actual kit, so you're just pouring it in, but now doing this uh, the mash like you're doing right now, It is my arms are tired already, <laughs> moving around, uh, but yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I've been thinking about doing my own too as well, so this is i I'm glad you took me up in the offer because I cool. uh, want to do the same thing at home
0: all right so a little bit of what we've done so far. I mean, we've we've started it, but just so everyone knows where we're at. So uh, this morning, uh, at around eight thirty this morning, I fired up the brewery to warm up our water to about a hundred and sixty-seven, hundred sixty-eight degrees, according to the recipe. Just because, what all said and done, this beer, when it's all done fermenting out, I hope you're ready for this, is going to be about eight point one percent. Nice. All right. <laughs> so that high, that high heat, and that. It's the final gravity uh, should come in around 1025 because the actual high gravity is going to be ten eighty seven. So we got about what sixty points worth of gravity. That means all the fermentable sugars need to get eaten by the yeast that we that I've chosen to make this great beer with to come down. Okay. So the yeast that we have is going to Escarpment Laboratories, which is a great company out in Guelph, Ontario. I hope you're hearing that, Richard. Ah, nice plug. I hope you're hearing that, Richard. <laughs> uh, out in Guelph, Ontario, that they have a yeast that I, that uh, the brewery at Stray Dog, hope you're hearing that, Mark and Justin, <laughs> uh, that, uh, that they use called Foggy London for their New England IPA. So I figured it works well for theirs. Why not try it for ours? So just because it's going to be such a high gravity, uh, I bought two packages of yeast just to make sure it chews through. All that sugar all that sugar because there's going to be a lot of sugar in this so so people at home know so we've got the water up to the to, to strike temperature uh, and we've put in h- how much of two row do we put in do you remember how much two row we put in
1: uh it was like a bag a full bag of... yeah
0: so 13 pounds worth of two row uh, barley that was already milled for us over at beer grains and then also three pounds of rolled oats right so the oats, what they're gonna do is they also give us that kind of nice hazy, creamy, nice full mouth feel. So it's going to kind of have like almost a nice smooth flavor. But when it comes time for the hops, that's when the magic's really gonna happen. So we'll go from there. So what do you th- what do you think? Any questions about what we're doing so far? Um, I
1: get lost in terms of the uh, the the alcohol. You're talking. Uh, it's been a while since I had to use the hydrometer and uh, yeah. understanding that. But overall, um, I'm. To the process, uh, I did a uh, brew school at uh, Ridge Rock uh, about just before COVID, yeah. uh, and uh, that was after Christmas, I guess. So uh, I did see the whole process being done, but this is a lot more detail, so I yep. appreciate it. Learning. So,
0: with your hydrometer, when you look at it, you can see where it says there's like some of them will say like things like dessert, wine, table, wine, beer, start, finish, beer, okay, whatever. That's great but what you really want to look at is actual numbers is right is right here these are this is the scale that you want to go by there's going to t- roughly tell you what the alcohol percentage is going to be okay but here's the scale so when you when you get it ours is going to come up to probably about there for gravity that's how high out of so the, 80 uh, 80 it's okay. going to sit out we want it to come down to there a 20 to almost in between 30. the 30 and the 20 okay so that's going to be our final gravity one thing that i usually forget to do is um is your pre-boil gravity so it gives you a rough idea of how much is really there okay before you even boiling because what boiling does it actually converts starches and unfermentable sugars into fermentable sugars mm-hmm. So by doing that, it actually increases your your, uh, alcohol content and also your fermentability and everything else. And I'll probably get called on any mistakes i made along the way, which is totally fine. Please, guys, if you have any comments, questions, or even even if I screw up along the way when I'm brewing, because I know I screw up, please leave me some comments and feedback I greatly appreciate it. So
1: then I'm going to ask the question since so you brought it up.
0: Yep. Um,
1: session ales are now quite popular due to the lower alcohol yes. content. So if I was going to make a session version of this beer, mm-hmm. what would be my strategy here?
0: So I would still look at, uh, one, uh, how heavy of a taste you want. So you want to choose a good base malt. So you can use a nice light one like say like Pilsner, which some some sessions do, or you can use Turo. If you want something that's got a real Biscuity taste to it. You want to use mare solder, so it all depends on what you because that's where your beer is basically defined is right there in your base malt. Okay. Um, and then after that is if you want it to have a little sweetness, you'll maybe add some crystal light malt, or you may add some. No. You, know, yeah, you said cri- crystal light malt. Yep. Remember the crystal light. <laughs> <laughs> not the crystal light. No, there's the crystal malt or crystal light. Uh, there are some other sweet ones out there, Yeah. Um, or if you want to have uh, a, uh, a red session, you'll add in maybe some roasted barley uh, and things like that. And after that, you want a hop to complement it. So you want to look at what your hops are. Uh, you want something that's relatively mild. So I would probably, just because I think it's mild, I would use maybe a uh, little bit of uh, Amarillo, uh, maybe with it, i throw in maybe a little Citra. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little mosaic just to give it a little bit of a kick at the back end okay. and, and, and go from there. And I find that that's a pretty good combination. Okay. Um, today is a bit of a beast for how much we were putting in for hops. We're putting in a grand total, including the dry hop, Five about fifteen ounces yeah. worth of love hops. Love it, man!
1: I love it. I love my hops. Yeah. I, I I look the recipe. I like the uh, yeah the flavors you're putting in there. So uh, I just I mentioned the the session just because you know I love the hops, but I'm going to be knocked over by uh, <laughs> uh, one or two of these eight percent ones. So uh, that's what you know. I like have that same taste with yep. with a session alcohol percentage. So yeah. So thanks for that advice. It's good, good. Yeah,
0: job. it's always kind of cool to have a look at what you want to do because. Um, I'm going to do another free plug. Brewer's Friend of software uh, is a great place to go and look. You can get a, you can get a trial a membership, and, and you can surf through all the recipes there. Okay. And you can and you can see what what they all are. Um, and Brewer's Friend free plug uh, has a, <laughs> I'm shameless mm. uh, has a quick calculator so it can tell you what you need for how much grain, uh, what you need, how much water you need, uh, what you need for priming sugar. Uh, how much yeast and so forth and so on and it does all that for you and it's also a great way for you to keep uh, keep notes I had Nick from uh, Brewers Friend on the show a little while ago and um, he was really cool I mean he talked to talked to me about all the things that uh, Brewers Friend does what's the what's the benefit of uh, oh, good notes and, and things like that and good notes and things like that along the way are huge mm-hmm. um i'm not taking any notes right now just because uh, we're recording on the phone which is fine but at the end of the day i will know at certain stages what what was what and i will keep tracks inside of the the recipe online and things like that mainly because if you do it again you want to know where you messed up Yep, exactly. that's that's the biggest thing i i find sometimes i forget to do is Sorry. is, is the
1: notes so have you, haven't reached the mad scientist stage where you're trying different things, you're following recipes right now at the most part?
0: Um, I use recipes as a, as a guide. Yeah. Um, when I, like my first two batches of beer out, I, I got pretty adventurous. My first one I did, I did a bass clone. I love bass. I love English beer. Yeah. It's really, really good. And I thought at the time, and, in court, and the guys at the brewery, I gave them some to try. They thought it was good. And then uh, I figured, well, you know what? This is great. It's a nice dark British bitter. Mm-hmm. But I need something light because it's, it's still hot in August and everything else. So I figured, why not? Let's make a cream ale. Let's uh, make it interesting. Let's make a blueberry cream ale. <laughs> okay. What do we even make it more interesting? Let's add lactose to it. Oh, no. Re- oh really? Yep. Oh, my. And That's it turned out fantastic.
1: Oh, really? It yeah. sounds like quite
0: a mix. It, it, you know what? All in all, it, it wasn't. It was actually pretty, pretty cool. I mean, there's things from it that I learned that I wouldn't do again. Um, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't bother going from a primary to a secondary. I would just do it all one shot. So okay. I would, I would puree, thaw out, puree my blueberries, get them into the primary bucket, and then once the wart and everything else is cooled down and getting ready to get transferred. Transfer that wart right on top of it, okay. and not mess around. Get as much of that blueberry flavor out of those things as much as possible. Other than just letting it sit for a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. From there, uh, but inside the uh, inside the actual. Um, kettle i might not use lactose next time i don't find it really did anything i mean it made it it didn't really even add it's, sweetness to it like no it's, it was. it's an
1: aftertaste that it just sits set, set, on the palate for me anyway i've tried a few of the uh, uh ones la- with lactose in yeah, it. yeah never was a huge fan of it it does change the definitely the aroma and the flavor of it when i'm rolling off the tongue but it's still at the end of the day i could take it or leave it yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so i'd probably leave the lactose out of that one and uh, just do It that way, uh, I would probably maybe amp up how much of a base malt I used. And I used a really cool hop from New Zealand called Matoika. Oh, it was so nice. Okay, it's got that kind of like nice, kind of herby, lemony, almost kind of grassy kind of taste to it. Okay, if, if you're a hop head, you'd probably like those flavors, but it doesn't have that kick of bitter. Okay, but it's got f- uber, uber amounts of flavor. Hmm. Have to try that one at some point right now we're trying to recirculate as much of what's on the bottom on top okay uh just so we can try and rinse out as much of that sugar as possible and get it down and then once the timer goes off we're gonna lift that up mm-hmm. and we're gonna let as much of it drain out as possible so there's one thing that when we're doing Sparging we have to be mindful of. It's channeling of the grain. So that's basically you when if you put the water just directly over the over, over the grain bed like a straight port, it, it's gonna go straight down. Clog everything up. No, it's gonna go straight down to that bottom uh false bottom where the everything, all the liquid drains out the bottom of the uh of the uh, the mash pipe. Okay. And not take any of the extra sugars with you. Oh, okay. So you don't want like a waterfall going making a hole straight through because you it's want it coming gonna, through that grain exactly So what, what what the Robo, what I like is, is that it has this top screen, okay. which is what I'm using right now, which mm. is, I, I, believe it or not, a typical guy thing. Um, I didn't read the manual when I first got it. I read it now. <laughs> okay. And it said that I should be using this top screen to, um, for, for when I'm doing my recirculation and things like that. I mean, I use it for when I sparge, mm-hmm. but I've never done it like this. So this is a new step for me, and I think it's it's not a bad thing because then you can see actually see how much liquid is actually hanging in there, mm-hmm. right? So we just wanted to let it do that and hang out and whatever else. So okay. So, what do you think so far? What anything intimidating?
1: Um, it's just knowing what to do next. But you got the app that gives you guys nice guidelines. Um, it's not too bad. I like I said. I I, I mean I, I said I started this like uh, doing the stuff. Back in university, mm-hmm. life happens. Now I'm back, and I, and I've looking. I've I've been done a couple of tours. I've done mm-hmm. look watch people do it enough. So I'm I'm actually pretty much on the next step of buying one of these things. My wife hopefully is not listening. Uh, my birthday is coming up though, uh, okay. so Andy's wife, if you're listening to this,
0: he would like a, a, a and the, the new version of my Robo Brew is called the Bruzilla. Okay, he he wants the the, the uh, 35 liter Bruzilla with with a uh, 27 uh, liter uh, conical fermenter called a Firmzilla. All right, which is only about 125 bucks. There we go. All right, and and he, and he'll be set. For at least a year.
1: And and for the record, I've not golfed a whole lot this year. So, I mean, (laughs) uh, my expenditures should be hopefully enough that maybe I can get one of these.
0: So, um, my wife and I had had an agreement that uh, when I started working at Brew Donkey, if I saved my money from Brew Donkey, I could buy my toys. Nice. So, that's what a lot of my my tour guide money from brew donkey has been doing is going towards buying
1: toys and you got this set up nicely in the garage too as well so it does not yep. take up the house no nope. you've got space you've got uh, air you know it's not yeah
0: eventually what's gonna happen is during the summer the whole back wall there all that stuff's gonna be gone and I'm gonna have a permanent setup
1: oh okay that way
0: during the summer it's just permanently set up I don't have to mess around mm-hmm. just come out put my water in and away I go.
1: As my question is going to ask you, do you yes. anything? Do you do anything for the water? You're just using yes. the simple water. So
0: uh, this morning uh, when I came out, I already had about 12 liters of water in here heating up. Uh, what and per gallon, because uh, uh, I use something called cad yeah, cad cadmium cadmium whatever. It's a type of pill. Uh, cad uh, cadmium. cad cad uh, whatever. <laughs> Um, I, I, it's right there in my tongue, I can't say it right. Um, there are little pills that take out like um, um, chloramides and things like that in the water. Right. So per gallon you're supposed to use one. Cause I know we're gonna be having a five gallon, maybe a little over a five gallon batch. I crushed up five tablets. Okay. Camden. Camden, yeah, Camden okay. tablets. And I put those into the bottom water just to get rid of the, the uh, chlor- chlorides and chloramines and whatever else. And that way when this one goes in, all that's gonna be in there for sparge mm-hmm. water. And I threw a couple in the sparge water too. Okay. Just just to be careful. Yeah. Over all those kind of off layers and things that can maybe affect the yeast mm-hmm. are gone. Okay. That's the really only water treatment I do. Uh, water chemistry and I do not get along. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if
1: you were my chemistry class or not back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Not my favorite subject, it but could, uh, no, I,
0: I, I, Mr. Reynolds, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> um, I, um, yeah, no, um, I did a little bit of research and picked my boss's brain at Stray Dog, and he is saying, unless you're going on the huge scale like they are, yes, water chemistry is a big thing, it can, it can have a, a direct effect to what you're doing, but on the scale we're doing, unless you're being that precise and that style of beer and you're going by the right has which is the german purity laws and also by the BJCP uh, okay. brewing judge certification program the bjcp for the specific style yeah you've got to do your water chemistry but do mm-hmm. it the way we do the water fine yeah just for the camden uh, cat now yeah, camden tablets in just to make sure those chlorines and chloramides are all gone and then you're fine okay at least that's my opinion. Yep. I'll get comments saying, no, water chemistry, you got to make sure you have so much sodium, so much magnesium, so much of this, so much of that. Yeah, you're right, you do. But that's their process. Yep. My process is low fuss, no muss. Yep, like that idea. All right, hey everybody, we're back. So, uh, me and my buddy Andy, as you probably have been listening, have been making a New England style IPA today. Uh, and we've been having a pretty good time catching up because we haven't seen each other in, what, 30 years? <laughs> yeah, about that. Uh, and things are, are going really well. We've already done the sparging. Uh, we've done... Oh, my goodness, you got it up to a boil. We've done our first edition of hops, so... And we've got five hop additions going into this bad boy. So, what do you think of the hops so far, Andy? That we got going? Oh, they're awesome. They
1: smell really good. Uh, some different aromas to them. Yep. Uh, definitely dis- different colors too, as well, and textures. They're definitely uh, some of my favorite too, as well. Uh, definitely like a Simcoe, I like the uh, Centennial's. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't had as much cashmere, so it will interest in this one. And
0: yeah, as I find is a very, uh, very mellow, rather herb- kind of herbaceous kind of hop. So it's it's a nice one. Uh, it's pretty mellow. I find it's right up there with Amarillo, and uh, Amarillo is a really nice one. It's it's not overly bitter. It's nice. It's mellow. It's good to go. But just so people know, today we've got Cashmere, Mosaic, Simcoe, Centennial, and also Equinox going into this beer today. So we got it's going to be uh, quite the, quite the hodgepodge. So right now, you, I'm not, you probably can't hear it, and if you do, uh, we've got the boil happening. So we've done, we've got, got a good roll happening, and we did have a roll happening where it was almost coming up the top of the, of the, uh, of the kettle. But uh, we quickly adjusted the temperature, and then letting the, uh, the, the Robo sensors do their thing. Um, and yeah, so now uh, we, Andy and I were talking, getting caught up, and also talking about little things on the way. Like I, one thing I didn't say, if you. If you want, and if your wife is into baking, and if she likes making homemade bread, uh, you can take I mean, I, I like, a, uh, like, a, like a pint glass and take your spent grain, like a pint glass of spent grain, mm-hmm. dry it out, and use it to make bread. Okay. And it, it's like getting a really nice, hearty, multi grain bread, which is actually really kind of tasty. I've had people at the shop bring it in, and it's really good. I have been keep saying, I'm going to do it, and I <laughs> haven't pulled the trigger
1: all this time come on yeah
0: all that time <laughs> so basically what we've done now and as you can see there, bud, is that we've put in the, the immersion chiller to sanitize it the reason why uh, we don't use sanitizer is because it's the wort isn't boiling hot so anything that's in there the boiling point the boiling of it is going to kill it so in that sense you're good all you have to do at the end of the day is to wash it off get the chunks and everything else off of it mm-hmm. after that that's all you really need to do to it Because once you put it in it's going to boil it'll kill any microbes or anything else in there only time you need to worry about microbes is when you go into the fermentation process you don't want any critters or easties or nasty beasties getting inside the fermenter Mm -hmm. okay that's the only thing and well and one thing i was telling you before is that i use a hot basket uh mainly because i don't like clogging up my pump uh, but today, lo and behold, I tried following the directions from the Robo Brew, and, which is using the top screen for when you are uh, doing your recirculation and things like that. And that's normally something I don't do and it got pooched. So now I'm being told by my timer, Andy, you had the pleasure of oh, okay. ending in the last four ounces. Okay. So put it straight into the basket. Okay, I'll go the basket. Right yep, just pull the basket out. There you go. Drop her in. And okay. Let her sit. So now what you're gonna see is you're gonna see all those hot particles start to kind of those pellets start to come apart and look like a like a like a paste. See that? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So what that does is there's a part that we that I don't do with the RoboBrew called whirlpooling. So basically what would happen is uh, on, a, on, a, on the commercial side, our boil kettles, there's a whirlpool port. What that does is it spins the wort in a, in a whirlpool fashion to collect all the hops you add in into a cone so it doesn't clog your pump when okay. it goes out. Because I don't have not kind of an option on my robo group, yet there's people out there who have out ways to do it. I'm not that ingenious or industrious or adventurous to try and do that. Um, I use a hop basket. Um, some people say, yeah, they're great. They're a little fussy, and you have to scrape them down. I don't mind, because uh, it gives me a chance to see what things are doing, and also what they look like. And then you can also kind of see where you're at with the hops. And you can see like that kind of some of the oils and things coming out the bottom. And you can look inside, and then you can actually get a smell. Mm -hmm. And you can have an idea roughly of what the aroma of the beer is gonna be. And you just drop it back in, let it do its thing, and away you go. So now with that, there's only a little bit of time left on the boil. So once the boil is all done, we've got What, probably about 10 minutes? Not even that. We've got five minutes left on the boil. Okay. Once that's done, it gets the boil, the elements get shut off, and then we get the garden hose. We're running some water through there. Hook it up. Take the hot basket out. And let it chill. But seeing as that that late addition happened, I'm going to be a little adventurous. And as we chill it, I'm going to leave the basket in there because okay. I want to try and extract as much out of it as possible. Because um, Robo Brew gives you a stainless steel wort chiller, which doesn't conduct uh, heat or oh, not heat, but cold—from the water as well as copper does. So it's kind of like um, when you're steeping the greens or whatever when we're doing the mash. This is a way of steeping the hops, just to make sure you get that little bit of extra oomph out of it. Because uh, hop heads, they, they, they That's like... That's what I'm looking for. That's exactly uh, it.
1: I'm, I'm all for that. It's yeah. all good for me.
0: Yeah. So, this is trying to get the, the most for your money. Uh, like I was telling Annie, this is going to be one of the most expensive beers I've made. Uh, all in all, everything together, uh, it was, all the ingredients cost me 100 bucks. So, Yeah. <laughs> I can't afford to screw this one up. which oh, came close today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where, where are we at on the timers? So do you have any questions about anything so far, Andy?
1: Um, Not really. That's uh, been interesting to see how it goes here now. And I was interested to see how the hop editions was, was going to go. And, uh, no, it's pretty good. I like the The filter's nice. It's pretty straightforward. And, yeah. Uh, Let's see how it works here. I love the aroma though. Uh, Does it smell good? It smells really good.
0: Yeah, I like, the, one thing I do like, especially on a brew day, when you first start in with just the mash, it's the smell of the malt. When it gets in there and you start, it's like the best smell of oatmeal that you'll ever have. <laughs> you know when you are like, you come down in the morning, sometimes when we were growing up, parents would have the, the big pot of porridge happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maritimer special, cream of wheat or porridge. Cream of wheat or porridge, yeah. yeah. You come down, you smell it. it kind of makes me think of that. But coming down, I mean, it was me and my dad. My dad would make cream of wheat, and he come, ah, it's cream of wheat, and then you come down. My dad would be different and like really adventurous. And There's the maple syrup, and pour over top of his cream of wheat. And then it came out the 35% cream, and I'm like,
1: oh. Yeah. So, not missing the cream of wheat. No, I'm
0: not. Well, I've, we've gotten into the Red River stuff here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> which has been, which has been a compromise. Yeah. So, you know, people are like, oh, we want some cream of wheat. No, 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 no more. No. no more cream of wheat. How oh, about some porridge? No, you guys have instant oatmeal. How about Red River? Sure, I'll do that. Okay, just because it's good for you. It's like the flax seeds. Yeah, no, that's it. There. I'm
1: trying to get better diet going on with this.
0: Well, the better help your diet is to make your own beer. Yeah, Because yes. you know what's going into it. Exactly. Um. One thing, I, uh, one thing I, uh, I will say is commercial brewers, when they do it, like, like people like Molson's and things like that, in, not in theory, but technically, they are making the perfectly brewed beer because they do it time and time and time again exactly the same way, and they get exactly the same result. So technically, it's a perfect beer. But they don't use the same ingredients as they do. They use a lot of filler. They use a lot of corn or rice or or, or, or ad, uh, favorless adjuncts to keep the beer light, low on alcohol, and easy to produce and fast. Craft brewers, our beers are gonna be a little bit more expensive, but we know what's going into it. There's no fillers, there's no crap, no this, no that, unless it has to be in there because it's part of what we're doing. So if you're doing a session ale or whatever else, you may use some flaked corn or you may use some rice just to help, one, with color Mm -hmm. and also for flavor and to keep the the, um, alcohol low. But most craft beers don't have a lot of that. True. That's true.
1: Um, Question for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Certified organic. I see a lot of uh, brews now. Certified organic. I know uh, Mill Street. Uh, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, do you know anything about what it takes for certified So
0: basically, if you look at the, the original organic brewer, Bozol Natural, out in Van Clea Hill, Ontario. Hey, Steve. Um, they uh, have been around now since 2005-2006. Um, and there's a lot to be considered organic. Uh, you can only use organic wheat uh, or barley or malts or can- organic hops. Uh, you cannot brew anything else and the water you use, they use an all-natural spring from their property which is great. Mm-hmm. It has to be tested. It is only supposed to be with a certain range for mineral content and the brewery each year has to be certified gotcha. by an organic person. like um, And because I learned that from Bose when I could be part of Brew Donkey, I uh, uh, never knew, and it's like, uh, this is why. Yeah. And th- they brew on on, a, on the hectoliter scale. So, like, like their fermenters are about the tallest of the house. Yeah, I've
1: seen the, uh, gone through the tours, the Bose, and yeah. actually been some hot farms nearby, too, as well. It's been, uh, but it's nice to know that everything that you're putting in there, as yeah. I said, you know what's going in, it's, it's natural, it's... Uh,
0: it's It's good uh, for you it's good for you in theory beer it's always good for you it's beer yeah um yeah so that's where things are at all right so we are now at that stage to start chilling this bad boy down because it's been an hour see i screwed up folks and i killed the uh the timer by accident so <laughs> Alright guys, so the next thing next time you're gonna hear from us is when uh, we're at, we've actually got everything into into the uh fermenter and getting ready to pitch yeast. So we'll see you on the other side. So as you may guess folks brew day happened. It came, it went, it was a lot of fun. So a couple of things from that experience with Andy. Well, one, I we had a great time. Two, uh, we had a couple of beers along the way, which were great. Uh, but, <laughs> and there's always a but for some reason when you're brewing. Um, so, uh, we were supposed to get about a five and a half gallon batch. All said and done, we got four gallons. Why? I totally miscalculated how much uh, water was going to be retained within uh, the mash, especially within the oats that I use because they're just like giant sponges. And I calculated roughly for just exactly five gallons. Excuse me. And i shouldn't have done that i should have overcalculated. i should have guessed that i needed an extra 15 or 16 liters uh or more uh of water to go over for sparging just to make sure i hit that that five gallon marker when it came time for the boil so it's okay it happened it's not it's it's doable everything got transferred in not a problem Uh, pitched the yeast in which is great and then yesterday uh when i went and checked it uh over the course of the day it was rolling so hard that uh the airlock had bubbles coming out through the top (laughs) i was like oh i need to top off the uh the the liquid inside of the uh, airlock and so it doesn't go air no doesn't get in doesn't oxidize so forth and so on and yeah so I got to say, the Foggy London Yeast from Escarpment Laboratories is an absolute beast. So the guys at Escarpment, you guys make some awesome yeasts. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, I'll let you guys know how it turns out. I'll I'll, uh, I'll send you some... uh, Maybe I'll try to send you a bottle to see what you think. Um, Yeah, so that's about it guys so right now it's all pitched in uh it's fermenting so now we got roughly got about two weeks to hopefully uh to, till it's all done and then we're gonna probably be coming back with the idea when we go to bottling because i bottle conditioned because i don't have the stuff to do kegs yet so uh we'll see what happens and go from there So thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, Thank you to Andy for coming out uh, and hanging out for the day and uh, making some beer. I look forward to having you back out so we can bottle it and you can take some home and try it and let me know what you think. And I look forward to possibly coming out to your end of the world there, Andy, and uh, brewing with you. So thanks a lot again, guys, for coming along for the ride and a beer or two along the way. And I'll see you on the other side.